you know, unscripted. Unscripted. Raw. Is unscripted. This is Outrun Show Raw. Raw and on the Outrun Show, we are talking about our preferred platforms for streaming or viewing parkour videos and the uh, different faux pas potentially of the. A strong request. A strong request requests. from the uh, Outrun team. From the Outrun team on content. A special request. Uh, and our train topic today is winter training. So for the people who, you know, live really far who up north. Who experience winter. Yeah, who, or the people who experience winter all year are like, what? That's everyday training. This is, <laughs> this is, your, uh, this is your episode. I'm thinking like we're we're trying to find a really good like uh, ASMR. No, sound don't for say the, that. Uh, <laughs> no, I hate when people say ASMR. <laughs> that's that's what you're gonna get. Crinkles, nail taps. Really? Yeah, it always like it, like packaging. All, like all ASMR always has like a little. Oh yeah, like. Like yeah, you've no, got like tapping, like little feet running across the roof. Yeah, dude. Like, uh, I swear I had ASMR in my house, stuck in my house once. <laughs> that sounds like a ghost. Cause uh, my family's gone. You know, when your when your family is present, you Wait, or your roommates like, are present. Like last night. Every like, no, this is like a year ago or maybe two. Like everybody assumes that every sound is being made by the other person, so there's no question about sounds. And my family was out of town, so it was just me alone in the house. And so then every sound that I don't make, I'm like, what's making that sound? Right? You just need one other person in the house to feel comfortable with just about any sound. It's true. You're like, ah, oh, somebody else is here. That explains why or a cat. Like scraping. Yeah. yeah, or a pet. <laughs> but I don't have the pets. Yeah, and, last night, actually, like, I was sleeping. And it's probably like 1 a.m. or whatever. So I'm not actually sleeping. I'm reading. And then, like, I hear, like, the dishes go like, <laughs> And I was like, that's eh, a cat. And then Carly looks over at me. She like rolls over and she's like, "I was like, fine, I'll go check it out." Oh my god! She said, "Let me be a thief and come in and do the dishes." Well, she, well, yeah, you know, I'm like let him. Yeah. You know? Hey, you know, if you, what are you gonna take the TV? At least do the dishes before you leave. You right. Know? At least you could do. Common courtesy. Yeah, common courtesy. If you're gonna steal, at least leave the place nicer than you, you left. You know, when it arrived. So I thought there was a mouse in the house. And oh I heard a little like Your house? clicking. Yeah, I learned about all these sounds that happen when no one's there. Yeah, my house. My house is newer, and I was like, oh man, there's a, there's a mouse in here or something. And it was because like there was a um, like a sink upstairs with a drip, and then the way the plumbing worked is that it just like the water would drip through the pipes, but it came to the center of the house and the, by the drywall. So I just heard the tick tick tick, <laughs> but it was really just water like draining from the sink, and I thought for sure there's a mouse in the wall. It drove me up the wall. And then... So you just leave it with, like, super dead quiet in your room? Yeah, I do. I don't have any oh, sound or, like... Yeah, white noise machine, man. Yeah. Mm. That would have helped. And then I also find we have a little, like, beta fish. That that fish just, like, tosses rocks and digs and things. So like, click, 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 And I was like, what is... And then the fish is just digging in. It's like little fish just digging in. a lot in. of noises that go on that you don't pay attention to throughout the day. 
definitely an exercise in mindfulness. So we're talking about uh, uh, where we get our parkour content. Where do we get our streaming content? Where do we get our uh, what platforms we use? Yep. And uh, what's the what's the content that we go for? Uh, and we were just about in a, a very uh, an argument about what we were going to talk about for feedback on that to content creators. And uh, that's when you guys showed up. So. What's your, what's your, because I think you two definitely, this is not an insult, in fact, I, I'm jealous. You two definitely watch more, like, TV than I do. I just don't have the attention span for it, or I'm like, I could be playing video games instead. And so I usually do Oh, that. you want to do streaming services. Well, let's start with that. Okay. Uh, oh, it's tough. We're talking about TV shows. Yeah, we're talking okay. about okay, first. Yeah. Um, before platforms for parkour, uh, I think it's hard to beat HBO right now. HBO yeah, will be killing it. Okay. Yeah, I'm also yeah. gonna say HBO. Although I just feel like I need such such a palate cleanser. There's so much emotional, psychological <laughs> recovery. Like dark, it's very deep. And yeah, dark right it's now just like it's heavy. Yeah. It's like you better have. Had, yeah, you better have had like dinner. You're you'd be up on your sleep. You just gotta watch at the right time of day for what show it is. Oh. Man, it's not that Lovecraft County. You raised by wolves. You got uh, Westworld. You got GOT in the past. I right? you used to subscribe to HBO now just for Game of Thrones. Yep, like that's yeah. the only reason you're paying fifteen bucks a month just for Game of Thrones. Yeah, it was worth it. But that's t- it was until yep. It's tough. The um, the content that comes out on it is so good. That everything else just feels like filler content because Netflix mm-hmm. is just like ambient noise content for the most part. There's a few shows on there that I really can get into, but the production quality of HBO that's near that's beyond cinematic um, yeah. production quality just taints everything. Yeah, it's it's quite literally home box office, I feel like. Absolutely. Like when I it's like Sunday night, better get ready. And their series are like movies, but there's yep. eight to twelve episodes. Yep. It's, yeah, they're like an hour and ten a piece. It's Amazing, and I think that just let's let's use that to bleed into talking about the divergence or different purposes of content that's even out there on social media or on um, in other sources where it's more procure, procured. Yeah, um, curated. Curated. That's what I'm looking for. Curated. It's also procured, but then it should be curated first. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that is uh, that you can kind of go for really quality content or you can go for the volume of content um, or you can go for speed and I think it was Gary Vee or somebody like that called that out on social a little bit ago and I think that that's kind of like you have those those are your major levers when doing content at scale meaning being putting stuff out, out enough that has an impact on your audience so HBO is definitely the uh, like quality Right there, yeah. like they could That's wait. What they aim for, yeah. yeah, they aim for they that. Do they wait, like Westworld. You wait three years for the next season. So, yeah. who's that in the parkour community? Because I would have to say that's probably Store at this point, just because the production quality yeah. is really good, mm-hmm. and there is a lot of little content that comes out of them. But but they're usually clips of their the higher quality stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. They're like they're slices of a longer video that they've just highlighted one clip, which is a really fantastic strategy by the way if you're like a budding parkour athlete and you're like I recognize that putting content out content out is like the pinnacle of what I need to be doing right now if I want to make it mm-hmm. 
and that's a very difficult thing to do. So filming long format content and then slicing it up and posting like one one line from a longer video each day is a great way to do that. And yeah, I think I think Story does a fantastic job of doing that. I've also seen Daryl do that a lot too because he puts um, Daryl Stingley puts effort into the quality of content, a yeah. lot of effort, and the, and the production quality is actually pretty high for um, you know what's oftentimes shot as gym, gym stuff. Where there's not like a special, he's not like going to Hong Kong to shoot something, right? I think, yeah, I think (laughs) Daryl's gym stuff, it has, like, the best, they look the best from, like, when when you watch other people do clips in the gym, it's always, like, very, the moves are impressive, but the angle, there's nothing cinematically that's pleasing, right? It's the movement itself, but Daryl's, whoever's filming for him, like, he's, like, Mel, I think Mel's doing his shooting, and he's got, like, one or two other guys, but... They're, they're like, the way they move with him, and I'm, they're obviously using a gimbal, but the angles that they choose when they film, everything looks crisp. I love it. Yeah, it looks like he's choreographed and practiced yeah. his moves over and over again. Rather than Whereas just being like, hey, like, film this for me. Yeah, most of the time when I'm going outside and I'm training or filming an Instagram clip, it's like, I'll see it, I'll, like, try to guess how many times it's going to take me to get it the way that I would deem acceptable and it's usually three times and I'll do it the first time and be like okay this is the second one and I'm not doing it after this one but Daryl feels like there is a perfectionist in him that like just does not accept any uh, out of place positioning because yeah when you watch him like it's, it's the it's, whole swing yeah. right everything's in place and everything looks good and you can pause it at any moment and be like screenshot yeah and that's why I like <laughs> Daryl's uh, Instagram clips and his content and 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 then he's he'll repurpose like he'll put different music over the same content so really I don't know what the overall strategy is but it seems to be something like releasing um, a video and then splicing different um, parts of the video up and telling the story about where it came from and sometimes we get ahead of ourselves there is there are great stories behind some of our, sh- our shots and the, the work that is done in parkour and the and it's just not you don't present that it's, it's kind of like almost not spoiled but it's just like you you miss an opportunity to tell a real story behind the what you've what you've created by yeah. just flashing the pan, but you put so much effort into it, right? So there's an opportunity there. Uh, so that's that's also those are also quality, and I think that's the repurposing of quality. I think that's a, those are really good examples, both for uh, um, offshore and onshore. <laughs> um, then the next thing is uh, quantity. Yeah, quantity, quantity. Your uh, Y axis. Yep. Uh, you have a you have speed too, so quantity or volume, right? So that's a, that's that's a lot of content, right? Um, I feel like store. I still feel like store puts a lot of content, <laughs> on, right? Like if you their their films are not short. No, they're not. But it also gives them a lot to like splice from. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you have an hour long, highly edited and polished. You know, video with really great stuff in there. You can, yeah, you get that. You get both the speed, right? I feel like speed is maybe your your Z axis. Z axis. Because it can apply to both. You can have low quality, really quick speed, and you can have high quality and a lot of speed as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just a matter of how you're breaking it up. But yeah, I feel like right now the store is killing it. Yeah. In terms content. of the content, the yeah. both quality, speed, and quantity. As a result of where they are, they're they're hovering right in the middle of that X Y Z graph. Yeah, I, yeah. The other person who's doing a lot, where I would say it's more Netflix style, is Ryan. 
Ryan Ford and then Taylor. Both of them are just like every day on my feet. And yeah. it's usually very short clips. Um, uh, there's not a great cinematic thing to it. It's not actually more, it's not even geared to be impressive. Um, it's more, I feel like, content to be used and to be uh, learned from. So, But he does that a lot. I, I am like very impressed with how just dedicated Ryan is. Like, There's just always clips coming out. And Olaf jumps in on this too. Um, so Olaf is, you know, uh, his Instagram feed is filling up too, which, which I feel like that's, that's more my style. I feel like it's probably cause I trained with Ryan quite a bit, um, where it's like the standard for doing it perfect isn't quite there. It's just, uh, like how, how I feel like being proud of the movement that you've done and, and putting it on Instagram. And that's how I kind of feel. I just like want to record what I've done mm-hmm. <laughs> so that I can always look back to my feed and be like, Oh, okay. I did that. Cool. Yep. Mm. Um, because, uh, yeah, I feel like when I do it Daryl's way, it just burns me out. It it's does, very high just like, there's just I can't make a lot of mistakes, right? I feel like that's my, my main goal. Don't make mistakes in parkour. Um, so so that's why I really like those guys are just doing really good. And then I've seen Taylor, some of her more impressive moves I've seen on, like, those, uh, those like, more generic Instagram, like, people are awesome Instagrams. Yeah. And she's getting posted around. And that's where that, I think, is beneficial. When you're just pumping out content like that, the chances of one of them just getting grabbed by those accounts and being posted on those with, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers is pretty good. So good strategies on both sides. Absolutely. That's so that speed, I'd say that's like speed and maybe volume more over um, quality. When we say quality, we're talking mostly about production quality, cinematic. I'm not talking about quality of movement um, necessarily. The, uh, I think there's a lot of people on TikTok right now that I've been looking at that are doing a really good job of, just sort of giving a uh, narrative um, to their training. Um, they are, <clears throat> and this is something I've thought about doing, but it's basically like, I should probably record a couple, we should record a few of these sample examples of what the content format might be and then release it so that people get a chance. But I think one that that has an opportunity right now in parkourdom is is just record, recording your training and then voicing it voiceover. Because in the past, we've done a lot of that in the parkour community. Where it's like a, like s- a parkour unboxing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. The parkour but unboxing. The movement, you're unboxing the movement. Movement unboxing. <laughs> exactly. It's just like that. Just that, uh, you know, I looked at this jump here, and I took this, and I switched up my technique, and blah, blah, blah. And even though you know that new people might not get what the heck you're talking about for as far as language goes... Um, I think it'll draw in a lot of people as to like what your thought process was when you were attempting something. Hmm. Like that's something for intermediate to higher level athletes to do, um, and then it's a little more, it's it's pretty authentic and yeah. it's also kind of a fun thing to watch. Um, and you would learn really fast from people who are successful uh, using that method. So I would expect to see more of that in the future. Um, and I recently figured out how to do that on TikTok. So maybe I'm gonna do that. But it's gonna be really yeah voiceover so like a loom style thing on yeah on it's yeah 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 yep. yeah I wouldn't know how to get started on something like that I figured it out so I'll, I'll get I'll let you in let's get a little you know oh, just voiceover Lego face because then you're adding no I don't want Lego face that like, seems weird yeah he's saying just voiceover it's be like tiny tiny little circle just for just take your clips record them and then toss them onto a desktop and use them yeah, that's too much work. That is, yeah, that is a lot of work. Yeah, it's Dude, some, on desktop. some people, like, are taking their stuff into Premiere and editing. Like, I've talked to a couple of buddies. I was like, oh, my gosh, before dude. TikTok, like, or just or to get to TikTok. Yeah, yeah, they're going from, like, DSLR to <laughs> a freaking, uh, you know, PowerPC, oh Premiere, and then back. I thought TikTok was supposed to be the one that, like, yeah, was more... 
Well, yeah, rock. you're right. I have seen TikToks that are like yeah, but can't be done on a mobile phone. Right, but and sometimes they don't even they don't even look exactly like the cinematic quality or the videography is that you know uh, astounding and amazing, but it's it's more like. The, the effects that interrupt the feed sometimes have to be creative and, and they can't be common, so like everyone can't be doing them and that's what disrupts the feed. So even if you see someone flashing text in a particular way or some odd effect like that, you, you, you pro- they may have done that in Premiere even though it looks like it was an in-app thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, we've also had that trouble with like subtitles in our content and whatnot. It's just yeah. a pain. So if you're a content creator doing stuff for parkour, videography is a very, very important skill. And there may be a unique videography skill, which is like mobile videography for social. I think that's a little different than most people right now are studying, like how to you know make adjustments to 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 color or add like a film grain and just like get everything perfect. But there's also that just like functional social media editing skill that is kind of like quippy and weird. But yeah, that one. Yeah, it's it's its own. subset of like cinematography for sure is like mobile being able to film and shoot successful and viral content on a mobile that doesn't look trashy because right I'm sure we've all you've done it as well that like you see something you're like oh I can film that and then you like try and take a picture of it and you're like why does mine look (laughs) awful yeah this guy's looks cool same phone in fact my phone might even be better than his phone and maybe he did a little bit of editing, right? Mm-hmm. But I love those clips where, like, it's a screen record of somebody, they take the picture, and then on their phone, it's like a time lapse of them actually editing the picture on their phone and oh, you know, yeah. some app or something like that. They also do the same thing with, like, Photoshop. But Ooh, yeah. there's a lot. Obviously, Photoshop is, is very dense. But on the mobile, until you can see, and then if you're really determined, you can follow along and mm-hmm. pause and edit, pause and edit. But, yeah, it's, that's, I think it's super cool. Yeah, I think so. Some general tips I would say is in the beginning, like if I was going to give people advice on like building content up, I think the reason that we see like Ryan and some of the other guys be able to produce content like this is primarily because that's that's a, you know, that's a flow they can get into and they aren't they're just going to do it by default. Like some of us just have default things that we can just go into and just do 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 do. I'm not saying he doesn't work super hard at it, but I'm just saying I, I would imagine that he doesn't meet much resistance within himself to create that content. Yeah, he doesn't have to wake up in the morning and be like, all right, let's do this. So come on, let's work hard today. Yeah, yeah it's, it's probably not painful for him. I think he's going to do what he wants to do, and, and if he's doing that, he wants to do it. Uh, but back to our original topic, which was where do we get the majority of your parkour content? Because there's, there's oh, a lot. True. It used to be back pre-2006 for YouTube, you used to have to download it directly from the forum. And watch the video. Oh, like, wow! Going way back. I'm talking way back in the OG days. There was no YouTube or streaming platforms, so you had people would link it from like a Dropbox or something like that, mm-hmm. and you'd have to download it and then watch it. And of course, we had crappy internet because everybody had crappy internet back then. You'd wait like ten minutes for it to download, and then you'd watch it, and you'd be like, "That sucked." I'm mm-hmm. I feel like I remember watching like uh, what was it? It was like Ninja Stunts or something like that the first free-running video that we saw uh, on MySpace. Oh, wow. That's Jeez. highly possible. I think I saw it was oh. parkour on MySpace. But, MySpace. I mean... Did MySpace was, support video? It was very... Yeah, it yeah you did. could do it. It's because it was HTML. You could do yeah. embedded video. You would have had to have someone host yeah, but they it. Didn't, yeah, they, they didn't host at the time. The, those, those people probably privately hosted that video. 
and then just embedded it. Yeah, and so right, and then right after that was YouTube, which I feel like YouTube is more like the HBO Max of uh, parkour now, especially because they're encouraging long format videos at this point for ads and to squeeze as many ads as you can. And then Instagram's my Netflix, which I can just scroll forever. And yeah, see something just the volume. Just just, stumble across something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Netflix is definitely the volume thing. Yeah. Instagram is. There's a lot of content on Instagram. It's it's the the platform's beefed up. You've just had a ton of time for creators to sort of just put stuff on there. But there's not a lot of innovation on Instagram. And oftentimes, a lot of the innovation we see on Instagram is just bleed over from TikTok right now. Like I'll see people repurposing videos on Instagram with TikTok content. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I think that right now for that's a, just Instagram's whole model. That is Instagram's <laughs> model is like steal everything hey, from the new guys. Social platform. I mean, the, but the truth is, like, if those other social platforms had something that was truly unique, then I mean, TikTok's probably done the best. But like, Vine was like, we do video, and Instagram was like, yeah, we can do that too. Yeah. And honestly, I never really liked the Vine platform, anyways, because I was like, I want this on my Instagram, right? Mm. And it was like, okay, so your business model is like video. Instagram's like, okay, done. And now they're gone, mm-hmm. right? TikTok's done a really good job of, like, providing, like, a culture of, like, There's funny culture, satire, yeah. like, you know, you, you, this, like, quirky side of these videos. And Instagram's never curated that. Instagram tends to be a little bit more serious. One of the things I think TikTok's so, been successful at is forcing audio into the experience. Yes. Instagram does mm-hmm. not do that. Um, but no, in, the audio doesn't automatically play when you're watching a clip and a lot of the content just requires yeah audio so you already have your audio on you're much more engaged in that way so i think that's one of the reasons that i don't think that instagram's going to be able to replicate tiktok's um success i think the algorithm and what's being shown to you in tiktok is a little fresher and that's also going to have an impact on you know instagram would have to change its algorithms quite a bit to adapt to that so I would say right now for me, the content that I enjoy looking at is a mixture of, to be honest, TikTok and um, and uh, uh, YouTube. I watch some longer format stuff on YouTube and mostly like insight or tutorials or podcasts or or whatnot when I'm when I'm looking at like parkour and movement information. Um, I use that for a lot of the dance stuff just because mm-hmm. that's easier to find and break down on uh, on YouTube. On TikTok, if I'm trying, what the thing I like about TikTok is I'm seeing people I've just never seen before, because the algorithm was fresh and timing mattered. Mm-hmm. There are people who are parkour athletes on TikTok that I'm finding that I just like, like Brazilian athletes or people in 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 other like countries are popping up that I'm just like, wow, these guys are absolute and girls are absolute like monsters and interesting people to watch, putting out cool content. But um, I've just never heard of them before. And then that's and that's that's been allowed because of uh, TikTok. What's also interesting about that is that I find myself drawn to looking at the locations in which people are training more than the actual people doing parkour. So when I watch like higher quality content stuff, like um, like you know, store um, Daryl, anybody who's put an effort into the content quality, I'm looking at that from like the cinematic experience of like what it's like to be in in view of that content, and I really sit down and like savor the artisan parkour right and i like that but when i'm in artisan uh, artisan 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 is from a well a well i watery parkour water parkour it could be like a like like artisan art drops into wells (laughs) artisan colin what's the definition of 
of artisan. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure it has to do with. Like, right, it might just be like so. Italian Springs. But then that's artisan, artisan, that's still artisan relevant parkour. for Travis, though. That's still, I mean, a that's true. Parkour, he does, he does exactly. love his, yeah. his, his water, his earth water. <laughs> so, the <laughs> and then when I watch uh, uh, TikTok, it's like, oh, man, I'm seeing parkour in places I've just never seen before. Yeah, you're right. It's water. It's right, water. Yeah, yeah, what's that? Well, uh, artesian well is one in which the water is under pressure, causing it to flow to the surface naturally. Oh, cool! Glad, glad we cleared that. There could be a metaphor in there too for parkour somewhere. Uh, the so so I like that. If you're not on TikTok streaming and um, do that content, you can see a bunch of like spots. And what I would point out about that is that that's interesting because oftentimes when I'm watching other social media platforms, I'm watching them for the people, but in parkour, I find myself being more interested in the places. Huh. Yeah. I was like, holy, that's a cool spot. Like, what are they doing on that? And all I that just, shape is neat. I just don't find productive content on TikTok. Like, you go on TikTok when I'm like, entertain me. Yeah. Phone. Right? And there's there's some cool stuff that comes out. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome, right? And I'll find somebody to follow. But for the most part, like, I just, like, want to giggle and laugh when I hop on TikTok. And then when I go to Instagram, like, that's where I want to be like, whoa. That was dope, and like watch it again, save it, right? So, I think part of that too is like the full screen media is just so cool, yeah, right? And that's that's where Instagram falls shy is they don't have full there's now they have reels, which I do enjoy watching, oh, stories, but they're, yeah. but they're too short, right? They're only like 10 seconds or whatever. The reel, yeah, I think reels are only 10 seconds long or 15 seconds long. Maybe. I honestly have spent almost zero time in Instagram on the feed. I go through the stories and those can and the be the explore yeah, page, right? And the explore page. Yeah, I actually wish my main feed was my explore page mm -hmm. and they would um, take all of those squares and cut the number in half so that I can browse through. Because the truth is, like, I follow a decent amount of people, right? And I do want to see everybody's content. But if you posted something, you know, earlier in the day, unless the algorithm's like, oh, Jesse interacts with Travis's mm -hmm. content a lot, so let's put it at the top of his feed, I'm not going to see your stuff, mm -hmm. right? I'm going to have to scroll for like mm -hmm. five minutes before yours comes up in the chronological feed. Mm -hmm. But on the explore page, I can see a lot more content, and so I can, you know, scroll through and yeah. be like, oh, Travis posted something. What did he post, right? And if somebody else posts something and it piques my interest, I'll click it, like it. But for the most part, I, I don't like. Hands down, Instagram should move the Explorer um, to the primary yeah. um, home. And that then, of course, be because the there's just so much on there, they need to, to, to thin it out. Otherwise, it's just overload. But yeah, because now it's it's a horrible model because you're pulling to get that data, meaning that you have to click search, and then you go in and you decide to look at that stuff yeah. instead of it just being put in front of you, which is what TikTok is doing. Uh, the stories are really good. I love... I love uh, people's stories because they're trying to you know condense sort of their messaging but i i listen to people's stories quite a bit um one thing i didn't mention that i do that is it, that does have really cool parkour content on it ironically and it's tutorials mostly is i have of course uh, this uh, sneaky chinese tiktok so i have the chinese tiktok app on my so i have both u.s tiktok and chinese tiktok and the chinese tiktok content for movement is is broadly tutorials like people explaining um how to do movements and there is it's really cool for me because i will consume like tutorials in chinese on like how to do like vaults or how they're training parkour over there and so that's interesting and then they also do a really good job of just there's a lot of really good movement content of uh, both parkour 
um, b-boy and then like martial arts stuff that you just wouldn't get the chance to see um, in U.S. TikTok. And a lot of the stuff that's really popular on uh, the U.S. TikTok just comes from Chinese TikTok content. Like the crazy um, lady who does the cooking shows. It's like anime, live anime and cooking show lady where she's like, oh, yes. you know, like, like throw the knife chickens. in the air and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen those ones. She's been on there, and then also there's another gal who just like lives in the forest and just makes everything from scratch, and she's super popular. Yeah, I follow one of those guys too. Um, so there's cool. a lot. So there's 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 goodies on there. I feel like. But uh, YouTube is it dead? Is it thriving? Like that was the spot for parkour, and I guess I do get some content on there, but I guess I get really burnt out by the, uh, you know, different. What are we we're seeing cosplay parkour. Um, videos where it's just like that's I think that's yeah. probably what killed YouTube for me is when I stopped regularly regularly checking my YouTube feed was when I was just it was just dev and super tramp just Jedi parkour Mario parkour Assassin's Creed parkour it was just like all these things and those things are just like I want to play the video game I don't want to watch you know your which their budgets were I'm sure were huge because they were going out in the desert and filming these videos but it's like if you just had enough money to pay for a really good Costume, you just found anyone who could do parkour, yeah. And then your view, your you know, your video had millions of views. And the reality is, you can't do cool parkour in those costumes, right? Like, yeah. those costumes are never designed for actually <laughs> doing parkour in because anybody that's put on one of those costumes is like, wow, this is really difficult, right? And so, the, the movement was never like, whoa, that was super cool. Maybe every now and then there was like one or two moves that you were like, ah, oh, that was pretty cool. Actually. So the, I think that what I would say about this is the, is, is in this style of content, when you have someone who's like, let's throw a Mario suit and go out and do parkour, um, there's a couple layers going on. Um, it's a bit fantastical in the sense that, yeah, you get to put this outfit on and kind of live out a bit of a childhood fantasy. But there's something that, is, there's a problem with it and with the congruency and that you have someone it still just sort of feels like a scaled up version of someone just putting like a Superman t-shirt on and backyard wrestling because you always still have just some person outside like in a city dressed weird jumping and flipping on stuff and you're like okay you're dressed like Pokemon right now running around in a park no matter how much money you throw at this it's still you in a Pokemon costume in Central Park, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the environment, you're not in a Pokemon world, world, right? Yeah. And that's where I think there's a there's a problem with that. Same thing with the Assassin's Creed. Um, if you're going to do an Assassin's Creed, oh, who Jason Paul did a video about a year ago that, that I think is definitely the exception to this that I thought was done really well. Of course, probably had Red Bull budget all over it. So that's good. But um, it was one where he's in like, where he goes back to like, you know, feudal, um, like, Japan and does this skit where he travels back in time and encounters these like samurais and ninjas and it is parkour people from from Tokyo or Japan in it and it was just done so well because it was set in that time right yeah and yeah. that I think well makes and the narrative the was like he doesn't belong in this time he's found himself in this time somehow mm -hmm. and here it is so yeah the narrative made sense when you watch it whereas if he just put on a samurai costume and was jumping around mm -hmm. You'd be like, eh. like where we talked about that with the with the rules for competitions, right? Like, yep. can you bring the katana to the yep. style comp? Thing? Yeah, that's what it really feels like to me. It's like you're if you just did the moves by themselves, would you have gotten so many views? It's most certainly not. So you're just using the prop of the costumes to get yourself more views and to try to make it more interesting, which and 
just super inauthentic. But you could you could get some meme dumb out of that, right? Like, I think a Donald Trump parkour oh, uh, inauguration <laughs> would be amazing. I would laugh at that, and then you know, or like parkour uh, was it Trump versus like you know Biden parkour, right? I mean, that would be for like a week. That would be funny. But that's not sustainable, scalable. It's yeah. just it's quippy. It's it's more that speed thing. If you run a channel like that, you're probably cranking out every, and that's why it works. I mean, we may have a different opinion about whether we would consume that content or not, but it certainly works. Those are hands down mm-hmm. some of the most successful um, channels on YouTube and whatnot. But they're constantly getting speed because the quality is like it's not it's not as there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one thing I'd like to call out real quick that I wish we could. Um, one, one, one thing about Instagram I wish we could destroy, and this is literally, might actually be ruining Instagram for me, is the parkour hashtag. The par- oh, I, do you follow it? Yeah, I follow the oh, parkour I hashtag. Never follow a parkour hashtag. Never follow a hashtag. Oh my gosh. <laughs> don't follow the outrun hashtag, because that'll even ruin that'll <laughs> you. I don't, like, I found, we have a pretty decent traction on, like, outrun crew, or outrun parkour as a hashtag. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you call it straight straight outrun, probably not very good. But man, I'm telling you, the parkour hashtag never has parkour on it. Really? It's just every once in a while, but usually it's just whatever is trending. Because people are just like, oh, I want a hashtag I should use. Yeah. Oh, I should use parkour because I bet people watch parkour on. You know what I mean? It's just it's just so disconnected from actual parkour. There's rarely anything on it. It's usually just a bunch of Russians jumping out of windows. By the way, that cyberpunk. Uh, uh, Russia video. <laughs> that was oh, the Cyberpunk 2077 uh, one. Yeah. Ooh, that Russia was edition. so good. Russia vision. So that was. So if anybody, we should definitely link that one out. It was. You know, there's the trailer for Cyberpunk 2077, which is set in like this the debauchery of the dystopian futurescape, and that's part of the video game. But someone got a hold of it and then edited in some of the ridiculous like Russian clips that occur. And uh, like the old school Russian clips, too. <laughs> like yeah, just like all. just like just ravaging like the streets with like a donkey cart or something like that. Just like complete <laughs> debauchery, like no seatbelt car accidents, like stuff like that. Yeah, it, it was pretty hilarious. Very good, love it. Yeah. So, are is there any gems uh, for where you're going to find content right now? Any gems? Gems. Oh, hidden gems. gems. Nope. I'm I'm usually on Instagram. I uh, usually just like to see quite a bit of it. And then uh, some of the more, my more favorite guys, like Tim Champions, pretty uh, uh, like common on my Instagram feed. And that guy, you could just watch his clips all day. And you could watch one clip for quite a while because his techniques, every move is so big on, on what he does. And he's usually innovating quite quite a bit. Um, and Nate Weston does that too. So Yeah, I think their TikToks are pretty pretty well curated too. Like, I enjoy watching some of these bigger athletes mm. on TikTok, again, because of the full-screen media. Um, and that's usually a faster frame rate, too, which I think yeah. Instagram does a hard time, I feel like. Instagram does, like, when you upload to, if you, like, if you're on, on a newer iPhone and you can do 4K, or if you're on a newer, like, Android device that does 4K at 60, and or uh, Instagram will absolutely yeah. butcher your quality. They'll be like, oh, yeah, we have to reduce it down to 10, and you're like, yeah, or 1080p, and you're like, 1080p at, like, 37 and a half frames per second. What is this? What am I looking at right now? Like, why is this so awful? If it's, you just had, like, stills that rotated every three seconds, it'd be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so Instagram definitely butchers the quality. TikTok tends to, to have a higher quality just frame rate, and it's a lot smoother looking. 
So I like following. Like if I find an athlete on Instagram that I'm like, oh, I love this athlete stuff, I'll check TikTok to see if they're on there. Ooh, there's a behavior that people need to know about. Yeah. So I, I definitely will find, like if I enjoy watching somebody's content on Instagram, I'll just see if they post on, on TikTok as well just so I can get the full immersion of the device. So That is dope. Well, how about our training topic today? Speaking of uh, Cyberpunk 2077, Russia edition, winter training. Winter training. Winter training is more about winter fashion, I feel like, in parkour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it because you, you do get to wear different clothes. I, I very easy to do t-shirts and, and shorts for summertime, but I feel like in winter, especially in but Colorado. how many people look good doing parkour in t-shirt shorts? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's rough. Uh, and like you gotta wear like skinny jeans if you want to, especially for me with the short little legs. Mm. Shorts. Well, actually, I can't decide if shorts make me look taller or not. But dude, if you get them real like I five and a half runner shorts, got another three inch, inch height right there. <laughs> You're a solid five nine at that point. Uh, <laughs> but I really enjoy winter training. Yeah, if I can get the right clothes, and I feel like shoes are always the hardest one for that one. Uh, strikes and the typical super flat. Shoes have been the worst for winter training because if you get any sort of ice or snow, those shoes have no traction. So we'll try these these babies here in winter. But I actually love winter training when it's not snowing. Like when there's snow on the ground, it's ice. It uh, I think it forces you to think a lot differently than you would in summer. Uh, you're obviously more cautious, but things like rails become things that you like usually avoid or have to. You just can't put weight on them. You can't swing on them. So the the way you use them is always a little bit different. So, I do like winter training. It's a completely different dynamic. It's scary. It is, uh, yeah, because there's a, there's a big extra factor yeah. in there of like, will I slide and die? Yep. Or will I just hurt? Yeah. It's true. And some people like, some people get some really creative stuff. I feel like everybody has this notion that like winter training involves a lot of like cool slides and like, <laughs> yeah. but it, it doesn't underneath all that snow are still rocks and nails and you know, other fun stuff that you would normally see and avoid. So sometimes you slide and you're just like, well, I slid my thigh right into a rock. It was a great time, you know, and, and then you tear up your clothes. There are some times, though, where you're like, oh, this is like perfect little ice patch where I can slide into a line, but that's the exception, not the rule. I like how in winter everything sort of quiets and sort of feels like a different... This is more so in the Midwest when I would go outside... Yeah, really yeah. Introspective. Yeah, just so I just would love exploring in winter. Things that would normally be like really like boring or potentially even like dirty places to go, like when it's covered with snow, you're just <laughs> like, oh, clean. this is cool. Where am I? You know. And I like I like to I like to be out alone exploring in winter, which is not the safest. But I just I love that crisp, quiet sound. That's not doesn't happen as much out here, um, but I but I do enjoy it and love it. And I probably spend less time doing bigger moves and more of an exploration mode in. Uh, in winter outdoor training for winter indoor training I'm doing I'm spending more time getting hot <laughs> yes because like, like well, hot like you doing like aesthetic stuff or that too <laughs> like I like Justice said when fat parkour fashion comes in I'm like Derek Zoolander out here trying to like find like an asymmetrical hoodie or something where I'm just like Ugh. yeah it's an excuse to wear like additional <laughs> it, it layers it really is an excuse yeah but the but I like uh, I really like being warm when I train uh, because of soft tissue you know tendons and ligaments so when I in the summer I just come in hot for the you know don't have to do much mm-hmm. to, to get primed up for things um, but in the winter I like to spend a lot of time 
you know, in more clothes or one of my, I used to do, have like a really tight schedule and then want to do, um, like either something more power stuff, like, uh, you know, more power based. We were doing more power based, um, jumps and, and training and in some evening classes, I would always go home, eat dinner, wait a little bit. And then I'd jump in the hot tub and then like literally the class would be, or whatever training sessions, like at six thirty seven at night at like, you know, six o'clock or a half an hour beforehand, I'm in the hot tub for 15 minutes, jump out, rinse, double up on my hoodies to keep that heat and then just come in ready to go. Like I'd use that as a hack. Cause otherwise like we'd be in a, we'd be on like a Justin Clark warm up, which is, which uh, you have daylight savings time for a warm up too, right? So normally it's 40 minutes, but then you go daylight savings time changes now it's an hour 40 warm up or? I haven't thought about that. That is a good excuse though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, later after Labor Day. Add an hour to your warm up, yeah. warm up, right. <laughs> Jess is notoriously known for really long warm up. So can you, can you talk about that? Cause some people are like, yeah. are they not just like, you don't need a warm up. I swear there's some people out there who just are saying warm ups are not needed. If you're really awesome, you're ready to go no matter what, you know, what? Yes, I feel like I have to talk about this all the time, um, which is probably good. I So when I warm up, I'm really not warming up for something special. <laughs> I'm usually just doing the things that I like doing and it takes me an hour and a half to go through stretches and, and basic uh, activities just because I like doing those things. Um, I like getting better at my warm up. I like, uh, and so, that's usually like a lot of splits training. I feel like Justin's just got his warm ups down to an art. Yeah, I just uh, I don't like I don't do my warm up and then expect that I'm going to do the moves right after and they're going to be so much better because I spent two hours warming up. I just love being in the warm up and and not sitting still. Really, mm. <laughs> is the main thing. I feel like everyone knows that about me. I just don't sit still. I'm always standing on something or or moving. Uh, and I and I'm pretty sure like if I if I if I were to try moves without a warm up and then I do a warm up, I'm only marginally better because I just feel a little more, um, I don't know, energized after a, a warm-up. I wouldn't say that my warm-ups make me perform mm. any better. It's Especially more, when I'm taking an hour and a half. Like, I'm almost tired at that point. So, right, that's yeah. a lot. You need a meal in between that. I feel like yours You is a, need a meal in between that. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty as charged. I feel like yours is ritual. Like, when I see... Yeah. Like, I feel like I see Justin doing his little, like, hip switches in a split. And I'm like, uh-oh. Their ritual is being performed. It has begun, and then, <laughs> yeah. like you know, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yep." And I'm like, "Oh, this is the sound. This is Justin's calling upon the warm-up yeah. gods." Mm-hmm. I like ritual. That's it's almost like a yeah. It is like you're you're gonna call like weather. He's on treat. He's, yeah, he's on treating. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that'll help people understand. Uh, I think I think yeah. I get. I just more. can't spend a lot of time doing like you know. I would love to spend an hour doing, or an hour and a half doing tricking moves and learning one certain move, but I almost always get headaches when I spend that much. So, mm. particularly on tricking, my warm up, my warm up, will take much longer than the actual skills that I practice. Funny enough, when I'm doing inversion and flips, I feel like I have to work on getting blood to my head. Like I literally have to do like a brain warm up, like a physical brain. Yeah, warm-up. I think that could be a good test experiment to uh. see. Like just do some Sudoku. Before drinking, <laughs> 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 no, I mean like turn upside down and put blood in my <laughs> head. Literal, I mean literally, like I'm like okay. And I actually, guess yours is a literal brain warm up too, but that's been my kind. that's been my warm up hack because in the past I would go, I would I would I would jog or dance around a little bit. Top rock being the exception because I feel like that's just not everybody knows it. That's a secret hack. That sorry, it just takes it's gonna take some skill. But now I would top rock for warm up almost for everything, mm-hmm. and I could. 
I could I could get what I would get out of you know an hour and a half of mechanistic isolation warm up in three to five minutes of top rock and I'm ready to go and I'm like just vibing right like I, my <laughs> mind is there too yeah. it's not just like the body's kind of hot and I'm like you know I have to get in the mood to train like you put me in that long and I just get sucked if I don't get sucked into it I'm ready to do whatever um, but in the past like but more deliberately now when I'm working with students and clients and whatnot is I try and get them to swing arms and legs in a way that just isn't like hinging at the hip or something like that but I'm trying to get them to pull blood to the extremity um, because I think that that's again in the winter circulation is different your blood gets thicker you actually if you've been sitting for any amount of time you don't your ankles might be cold or whatever and you've got to get that circulation to that part of the body um and hydration is another thing. Um, training dehydrated, I think, also is really bad for flips and twists. For, for me, when I train dehydrated, I do get headaches sometimes and whatnot. Yeah. So hydration and then getting blood to extremities is probably the biggest thing that I tend to, to change or put more of an emphasis on and building heat in, in winter prior to my training session. Well, you guys, do you guys have a specific focus in the winter time? Mm. that you're aiming for like oh it's winter time that means it's you know it's x focus for me yeah it was before it's usually tricking in the winter but uh i think yeah, it's tricking is primarily yeah it's, it doesn't change <laughs> when winter comes uh where i feel like parkour it, it can't or it, you can you have the option for it to not to change if you only chain in the gym but in summertime you are usually exploring and creating outside more uh, so in the past, I think it was tricky. And I think this winter, uh, yeah, I think we can all start focusing a little more on dance, especially since we have a new dance floor planned in this new gym. I think we're all going to have to show, have to show up a little bit. <laughs> we're having years in a dance floor, you know, I yeah. think I'm going to have to up my game a little bit. Uh, you know, my dance moves from high schools won't work anymore. So. Uh, yeah, they may be, they may be, everybody, we can always just be better at now uh, we were talking about this yesterday but I also had a conversation with uh, uh, my wife uh, Candy this morning where I was like explaining that if you don't look back on the past and say like looking back on the past and saying and this has a lot to do with our like political climate right now but looking back on the past and saying that was the best or there is nothing more like I appreciate nostalgia because I like it's um flavor and the feeling tones of it but I'm not looking at the past and saying I want to go there I was better then in any in any really meaningful or changeable way if you aren't looking at the past and seeing the room for opportunity and improvement then I think you're stuck you're either not self-aware mm-hmm. or you're you're not growing it's a sign of growth to look at the past and say oh my dance moves need an update if you were just like Man, I wish I could dance like I could dance yeah, in man, high school. Back in high school, I could, I could <laughs> dance with anybody. You could dance shoes like, off of everybody. Wasn't that Uncle Rico from like uh, Napoleon Dynamite? Back oh, in yeah, high I school, could, I could throw a football I with that. Oh, I was always over the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah. like we know that guy, and you're just no one wants to be like that. So you really should always look at yourself and say, if I don't see room for improvement, it's not hating yourself. It's just like perspective. So yes, and with the new location, performance is a big. Um, aspect, the opportunity to be in a space mm-hmm. where you feel like you can actualize in the environment complements your abilities and you're not like making up for it, like trying to do Mario in a city park, right? It's like the environment's propping you up in, in this new spot. Like you're going to go in it 
And I'm not, you, know, you might just look good standing there getting ready to do something with the right camera in the new spot. Whereas not our spot now isn't bad, people get it, but you, you know, you have to do more for the video or the experience of being around you to be uh, significant, right? Yeah. Okay, so Justin's doing tricking. That's his winter, his usual oh, no, winter no, no, dance. He's, he's doing stylistic stuff, I guess is maybe a better one. Yep. Yep. What about you, Travis? Do you have a, a winter focus that you usually lean to? Uh, I would. I used to think. I used to compartmentalize it like that. Like, okay, well, here comes here comes winter. That means indoor. That means it's time to go through a strength cycle. But then I would usually quick, I would quickly find myself in a mobility cycle, and it was cold. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, this I is hate dumb. Mobility cycles. So. Right. So I'm with you. I got. I'm. I got rid of them. My strength days are my mobility days, and I do strength and mobility at the same time. It's at the end of squats or lifting or that type of training when things are fatigued and I'm hot I'm warmed up and open then I'd go and I do my strength training at end range of motion or my mobility at end range of motion and I've gotten the most gains from that consistent gains from that that I can call on for a while so I'm done with that I'm done with strength training in periodization um, in that way I'm more objective based strength training right now I'm not just going to do strength training to do strength training I want to see a change in something within a, you know a five to ten day period so I approach that differently so now I think this year my focus is on spending time doing um, the disciplines I actually expect to go through a pretty big um, focus on I think liches and um, bar work this winter so mm -hmm. that's actually a very big focus of mine and then right now I am doing some deliberate strength work because I hypothesize that muscle and tendon strength is what's really going to pay dividends for that. So I'm actually going through some like one arm chin training to build up uh, asymmetrical strength and hanging and going through some, uh, some calisthenics, um, uh, pushing work in order to beef up my pressing to help with like top outs on climb ups and, and muscle ups and getting on bars and stuff. So I think that's actually going to be a focus of mine. Um, uh, coming in there and then precisions, I'm going to double down on liches and precisions. You know, we've been talking a lot about what at the, core of parkour is some of these techniques that are like really speak to the nature of parkour individually and I think laches and precisions have sort of been something that keep like being at the center of everything so I'm going to put some special emphasis on since I'm indoor training right exploration is kind of not out the window but it's reduced my primary focus will probably be laches and precisions coming into winter and it's very easy for me to find the joy in in, in breaking right now and dance and so it sounds like you do compartmentalize a little bit. Season. Compartmentalize the, yeah, the objective, uh, the emphasis of my training, but not in some sort of like global, well, it's winter, so that means I will go through two and a half months of back squats or something like that, right? That's it's more of that. There isn't anything wrong with that, but I'm just saying like that, that in the past I would have thought, I would have felt obligated uh. to put that cycle in and then go through okay well then in late spring I'm going to go through and get my splits back and it was like these big chunky like three month cycles of of like where you couldn't do other things right I felt so like, right exactly thing. I was like well I well I better make room because now I got to put six hours of strength training in and that's what it would be for me in a week and then maybe I'll have some time to to flip trick jump swing dance it's yeah. kind of the inverse now where you're tossing it in on the peripheries where you have room for right. your strength training. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll ask you a question um, after you tell us what, what your focus is going to be. Uh, every winter I'm definitely more of the like traditional strength training. Um, 
I, I, I don't have an issue with like testosterone. So like being in the weight room helps me like, you know, scream at the weights and get all that out. So I don't scream at people. Um, right. And that's, that's fine with me. I enjoy that. That's like, like, I think even if I didn't see gains from like strength and power training in a weight room, I'd probably still do it. Mm. Just because it's my time to like crank music up and just like scream at myself in the mirror, and that's that's enjoyable for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not like a, there's no self hatred there. It's all it's quite the opposite. You know? I'm, I'm Let's hear it for a test. You're awesome. You rock, man. I lose that way. Right? Like it's, it's I don't know. It's, I enjoy that. It's no. fun. It's silly. Um, and it also allows me when I do come into the gym to do my more stylistic, creative work. It allows me to get all that stuff out of the way. Like I'm able to really dive into you know this the parts of my brain and my personality that are all creative, mm-hmm. rather than having to be like oh because sometimes I think, especially um, athletes in the winter they're they're like oh I'm in the gym it's time for me to hit big stuff in the gym now because I'm going to be trapped indoors, and that's definitely like a a, a bit of a like a YOLO athlete mm. like approach, and if I get all that like more YOLO stuff out of the way in the weight room. Then I get to come into the gym and I'm like, hey, that's a big jump. Don't want to hit it. It's not like it's not creative enough for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's the difference between like the weight room is where I don't have to think about what I'm doing. I've just I've already programmed my stuff out for you know the whatever six week mesocycle I'm on or whatever. So I just look at it and I just go down the list and I knock my stuff out. And then you get to come into the gym and it's just it's an open drawing board, right? With crayons and markers and pens and pencils and whatever other funky art stuff I want to play with right and those are obviously metaphors I don't draw I'm awful at it but the gym I get to come in and be like oh today I want to use crayons mm-hmm. I just want to draw circles with crayons right and it's all out of the way so definitely when it comes winter time like I, I'm doubling down on, on like strength programming but I have the benefit of being able to do that stuff at home so I get to wake up make my coffee knock that stuff out of the way I don't feel like it's if it did take time away from my training, I would absolutely scrap it, but it doesn't. If anything, I just get to add more time doing stuff that I love mm-hmm. in the winter time. It's also interesting that you were, say, you were saying, I think this is both interesting and wise, that the, I mean, like, the true, like, master of all arts, like, old, like, uh, Jackie Chan style, like, master would be able to sort of shift their training modalities in any environment, right? They could just find themselves in, like, a library and be as amped as they were in, you know, a competition setting. But it is very wise, I think, and practical to, and we, we strive for that ideal, but I like that, too, of, like, this is my creative space, right? And, yeah. and understanding that more. It's also, I think that's, it's, uh, anybody who runs a gym, works at a gym, coaches at a gym, is going to get that feeling of, it's very hard for this place that I go and I work and I coach to, to also be a place where I train. That's and play and play yep. because it's become work in many ways. And being able to 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 find something that I think clicks like that. That's really smart coming in and just this is my creative space. Yeah, because you're not going to be wrong. You can coach a little bit, give a few tips, and and get after your imagination. Winter always reinforces that. And I don't know if that's maybe like a just a biological yearning mm-hmm. for like eating food and hibernating and just like staying indoors and lifting mm-hmm. you know like maybe that's biological maybe that's personality and I'm sure it's a bit of both but yeah like when it's snowing outside I'm like yeah let's go get let's like let's lift and then let's just go check the mail <laughs> and just walk in the snow and just like there's something primal about it that I just yeah it's super cool it'd be like you guys are yeah. a train and then just like walk outside like it doesn't even bother you 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely like it's it's teetering on hypothermia, assuming you don't warm yourself back up right. if you've cooled off. But also, that's another thing that I love about winter, um, and and we should really have like Olaf here to talk about this, and maybe we can do mm. a whole episode on it. But like winter training, and you know, you're more like breathing or cold therapy or just cold immersion like training, right? It, Wim Hof is the easiest name to throw out there, but he's not the only one, though he is the most notable and probably the most researched. But that sort of stuff you can't do in the summer, right? Like even in, in Colorado, we have ice melts, so that, so that you know the creeks are always cold relative to like a Florida lake. Mm-hmm. You know, they're always going to be cold in that. But even in the summertime, they're like a refreshing cold because it's so hot out. Yeah, no gators. And you jump in, you're like, oh, no you're like this is nice. <laughs> but in the winter time is where you have to like steal yourself to get in that water, oh, and where you even have to break ice off the top. And I think, while that's not something that I would wake up and feel excited, in fact, every time I've done it, I've never been excited about doing it. But you remember it. But I remember it, and I can, I appreciate that part of myself that's able to push through and do that. And I think that's a super cool opportunity that winter gives you. And that it's like, you can really like step yourself up. There's like this air in winter of it's like, everybody's inside, everybody's trapped away. You're left alone with yourself. Are you going to come out a better person when the sun when the sun starts a longer arc when Apollo's mm. pulling his chariot on a different horizon? Mm. Are you going to come out and Apollo's like, look at Travis, he's the same slob I left him in when I when we were doing the last worse because he's been eating Doritos. Yeah, or is he going to or is Apollo or is <laughs> cool Ryan, so That's Travis. Or are you going to come out when the you know when the snow melts and be like, oh. I'm a better person than I was when the first snow fell. I, there's something about winter that just like pulls that out of me. Mm-hmm. And I just like, it's like, oh, now's the time to just like do cool stuff. Learn cool stuff, become a cool person, do cool stuff. And then the summer I get to play all summer long because I've already put in all the work. Yeah, I think that's a great attitude. I feel like I used to do that in the Midwest. I, whenever it started, like when like fall would come, and it just made me want to like smoke meats and hang out by a campfire and like <laughs> yeah, just right? like I, like anecdotal story. Like for one winter, uh, for a period of time, we if you guys do we have these uh, farms out here in like uh, um, you know how I always have ridiculous Iowa stories. So tell me if you can relate. Do you guys have these like farms out in Colorado where it's like it's a town that is like a hundred years in the past or something like that. Like uh, I'm sure there's a couple on the like, I swear it was eastern like a, Colorado. But. I swear there's like a South Park on this or something where it was like you go, you went to like the town where everybody was trying to play their parts of pretending they're like from a hundred years ago, but then there were real things. <laughs> oh, going like on. an actual like a like a museum where everybody's acting to yeah. give you like a museum experience. Yes, yeah, interactive, like, exper- interactive experience uh, museum I think type there, thing. There are actually. There's yeah, Colin's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I used to volunteer in uh, elementary school. Okay, yeah, yeah, totally something you go to in elementary school. We had one of these in the town that I came from in Iowa, and my mom used to, like, uh, mom had critters, which I mean by, like, some horses or something like that, right? Like an emu, no emus or anything like that, but would bring, would stable them at this place and was paid to, like, put the the critters there. So people, when the kids came out, they're like, look, this is a real, uh, this is a real stable with a horse in it, right? Like that kind of thing. It's an emu. But it wasn't an emu. We didn't have the emu. But don't put it past like I. That could be a thing. Like we ran out of horses. Well, we did. St- but they always had this like they always had these like uh, conventions out there and stuff where people would have like uh, like uh, like uh, skins and like you know 
crafts and things of like you'd have this old like candy store or something and then you'd get going there and you'd be like sarsaparilla and like candies and it'd all be set up like it was in the 1800s or something like that okay well, we stayed at one because they had that arrangement for like uh uh i think it was like a month or two but like straight like kerosene like no oh no oh, running water yeah. <laughs> like whatever right and uh i just remember that like winter would come and there was this urge to like go back to the village and like live for yourself right light a fire and I think it's like how most everybody, especially like conservatives in like bigger cities, imagine Wyoming would be like or something like that. Then like I'm gonna go and I'm gonna move in the middle of nowhere, and then you get out there and you figure out, oh, it's just windy. It's just windy, and this really is the middle of nowhere, and this is probably why no one lives here. Yeah. Well, what is it's probably like four hundred thousand or something. It's just under five hundred. Yeah. It's like four fifty. Pretty, pretty low. A lot of wind. But like not a lot of people. Not a lot of people. So that you get the calling, the winter calls that way. Yeah, you know, and I, I definitely wouldn't want to like do that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I definitely, I do appreciate, like, you know, it's, it's like when you're driving and you have your heat up in the, in the winter, and it's like hot in the car, and then you roll down your then window, roll down your and you get the dichotomy yeah. of like, oh, the cold yes, air and the hot air from mm-hmm. the inside. You're just like, yeah, that's it's that. It's like there's something about that that winter just draws me to like. Oh, you talk about that stuff. I just get the aroma of like kerosene in my. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. That it is weird. kind of weird. Yeah. I just always want to go. It's Westworld, bro. Yeah, skiing. Skiing Ooh. is. Yeah, you think you say it that way? It's a little more appealing. <laughs> but skiing is definitely Nothing about Westworld. Was appealing. Yeah, that's when you jump in. You know, shoot some fake bullets and jump out. Very easy. I mean, not the Westworld, Westworld, yeah, where you okay. die, but... Oh, that's funny, because like, they did do they mock Civil Wars. Like, that was a common thing. Yeah. yeah like, Civil yeah. War reenactments would take place. And now they're, I look at it, I'm like, that's kind of messed up. <laughs> yeah. Like, who is enrolling on the other side? I don't understand. Who's enrolling on the other side? <laughs> <laughs> everyone wanted to be on one side. <laughs> right. It was pretty even, you know, for volunteers. It's concerning. Yeah. Now we're delving into politics. Yeah. But, uh... But yeah, I, winter's always skiing for me. Like, that's when I feel like parkour can take a little bit of a break because it's so difficult to train unless you're obviously in the gym all the time. But you can certainly improve uh, skiing and snowboarding with parkour. There's, there's, you get that same uh, thrill. And I almost think it's less impact as long as you're not hauling down the mountain. You can have a less impact because uh, if, you, if you're on a good snow day and, uh, and you're being smart about it. Oh, yeah. You could also be you know, monumentally more impact <laughs> if you're going big, but you know, the way I ski, it's pretty, it's pretty relaxed and I'm still doing a little bit of jumps. So what was that? Get that. What was that kicker that we had named at, uh, Oh man. Was, yeah. Uh, we had two of them. And we always, and whenever we go skiing, we always name the jumps that we find and we just redo that line. And over then we, yeah, like again. we're, well, you've been, you've been skiing with us. Um, and we'll go again this winter, but, uh, yeah, like we're definitely we we ski like we train. We find something we were like, and like, cool. That's what Just I want to do. And I'm not about yeah. like oh, I need to hit like a double black and really challenge myself because yeah. I'm like this. This Hurts. doesn't seem fun. <laughs> and I came here to have fun, and I paid a lot of money to have fun. And Ooh, almost money. dying isn't Holy so. Like, but I think yeah. I do remember one was called Bernie Sanders. Bernie <laughs> Sanders, I do remember that kicker. <laughs> Bernie Sanders was such a great kicker name. I think we had another one that was... We could like, probably like put Kevin. that here. Like, it seemed like there could be a Bernie Sanders in the gym somewhere. Yeah. Like, there could be a jump named Bernie Sanders for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. That would be great. That, Bernie Sanders <laughs> is going to be the, uh, 
the jump from the nest. Oh, oh my goodness. No That's Bernie way. Sanders right there. We have a, we have a pit alternative, uh, and we have our... Hey, uh, don't, don't spoil it. That's why I said alternative. You're spoiler alert You're today spoiler. on the new Dude, jam location. I'm trying to sneak it in there for him. Okay. And I was. I, I have a studio. It it's snuck. It's been snooky. <laughs> and there, there is a potential jump off of our... I guess that would be three f- floors high at that point, huh? He's... Wow. Wow. That's not a teaser. That's, that's <laughs> the whole thing. It's a spoiler alert. You think it's three stories? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's you're like, that's like I've got a Christmas board. gift for you, and it's electronic. It's got a screen and a keyboard, and you know it's from your favorite brand. <laughs> like, it's oh, a Macintosh, it's a too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think it's a MacBook. Macintosh, mm-hmm. too. It's an Apple II. Apple II. Right? <laughs> you like retro. There you go. Yeah, the, so I think those are... It's just when you, the environment changes, you get this opportunity to shift your uh, focus and it's it's not like a, a calling would be the wrong word it's like a uh, um, yeah I like the I like the term calling okay okay yeah it's like it's like you know earth calls to you and it's like I'm changing change to yes yeah like do something right it, it almost like when the seasons change it and it encourages me to do something different mm-hmm right and also like I I feel like I have to do strength training in the winter because when the snows are out there, I get more antsy. Mm. Even though, like, my time outside is actually probably pretty comparable in the winter as it is, like, in the summertime in terms of how much I'm just outside, right? Just my gear changes. But I get significantly more antsy. So it's super nice to be able to, like, wake up, do a workout in the morning, Mm. and then, like, train in the evening. And and do, like, these kind of two-a-days things. Yeah, because I get so antsy because just something about you know the earth is just like do stuff do stuff yeah well so as we bring it we bring it in that like that this you say do the strength training so we had that little uh um rhetorical question on the on the coach thread which was if there was like <laughs> one exercise that you could do to control them all and you just didn't have to do any other exercises you were free your strength training was like met would you or wouldn't you do it well, or would you still train and do the other thing? It was it was very slanted. I said something <laughs> along the lines of if there was just one exercise and that was the only exercise you had to do, say like a did I say back squats or something like that? No, you didn't give it. You just said if there was one exercise you could do that met and maintained all of your like strength and power prerequisites. But like, only took you like five minutes to do or like, something. Would you, like that. would you do just that one exercise and then it was like alternative? No, I must. No, I'm a scrub, and I like wasting time. Or something. <laughs> I don't think it was I'm that. wasting time doing strength training. It's pretty bad. Pull it yeah, I mean, it's like, it's we horrible. can we can ask the question, but so that so that leaves you with. Um, uh, and I was there. I don't think there was a wrong answer to that question, but I was trying to challenge that thinking because I think a lot of people haven't been. They feel very like a lot of training is very obligatory, and if they don't do it, they're not living up to certain standards, or they're not getting. The work done, just like when I was saying coming into mm-hmm. summer, if I don't gain, or if I come into winter, if I don't gain weight, then spring will come and I'll lean out and I'll like disappear or something, or I just like missed my strength cycle opportunity and facing that judgment to some degree. It, challenging that question, like, would you even have to do it? Do you even have to do it as far as like the, uh, you know, train in that way that sometimes is not, we call it strength training, but I think what we, we may be dealing with is 
doing things that are work towards getting better that we wouldn't do otherwise if we didn't have to. Some yeah, some people like just get stuck in the mindset that they just need to do work just to do mm -hmm. work, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a very archaic mindset of like, no, like this is just how it's always been done, and so this is how I have to do it. And that's definitely not. I I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure I came, like, I was born challenging that mindset where people were like, do mm -hmm. the thing, and I'm like, why? Yeah, I'm definitely. I pissed off a lot of people in school yep. asking why. <laughs> Um, I was pretty rude about it too. But. Yeah, my you know, my daughter is currently and they're going through that phase, which is which is generally I'm like, hey, you can't, you need. She's like nine, so she's just figuring out like hygiene and stuff. And I'm like, you need to flush the toilet, even if you don't feel like it in the middle of the night. You need to flush the toilet. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> that's funny. And Nova sounds yeah. That's, that's, she would do that. Nova so there is a balance. Oh, so we have the question. What is the question? Is if there was one strength exercise that could be done once a week and you would never have to do another, would you train strength otherwise? Option one. People changed my questions on this, by the way. They did a little bit. Um, Try and get back to the original one if you can. Uh, it was, yeah. There's, there are two originals. The first one was, hell to the nah, I'd rather be moving. That was the answer he's trying to steer us towards. Yeah, that was the The secondary answer. answer was, I prefer strength training as a means to avoid dealing with myself. <laughs> <laughs> but Colin then added strategically, I prefer strength training as a way to bench press curls at house parties. So. <laughs> this is uncharacteristic of Colin, too. Look, if you've got a goal, yeah. you do your goal. You know? So... So yeah, so that was the that was the deal. We come into winter, and now I feel like winter people use winter is like homework still. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they're like, yeah. here's the time to bring in my obligatory training I didn't get done for the year that I'm supposed to do. And so that was just my my question is whether you do choose to let's just say let me ask you if there was just uh, let's just say there was one exercise once a week exercise and that was uh, weighted back squat, uh, back foot burpees. Right? Let's just say that was it. Okay. And then that just did it. And you were done. It met all your power needs. It met all your strength needs. It met all your sort of like mechanistic uh, um, training needs. Would you just do that? Or would you continue to do what you do otherwise? Mm, I think I'd always do that. But I'm an overreacher, so I'd, I'd always mm. just do extra. Mm -hmm. There is like a bit of a time that my that my my strength like training or power training needs to meet. So if I go in and I finish my workout and then like twenty minutes, I'm like, all right, well I got at least twenty five more minutes that I want to burn. Forty five is kind of like that window that I like to hit. I feel satisfied at forty five minutes. Mm. So, Delightful. But I think I think most of that's an energy thing, right? Like I just I feel like I have to spend a certain amount of energy. Um, and running is awful, mm. especially in the winter. And I don't want to do cardio, so like you know, you could burn all that energy in ten minutes if you wanted to do flat out sprints for ten minutes and then die. But that's boring, mm. so I don't do that. But yeah, I think I'd probably still do stuff. Uh, I would. I definitely probably do the minimal, as long as I knew that it was being effective. I think that's yeah, the hardest part. Well, we'll just assume that it is. Yep. It's 100% effective. I think that's the hardest part, is trying to find a strength exercise that is, especially when it comes to parkour, where things seem so abstract, and it's 
really hard to figure out which strength exercises it's declined dumbbell curls. Everybody knows that. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so hard to pinpoint specific barbell moves, especially like laches uh, on a BOSU ball. <laughs> Now Travis changes mind on that pole. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think I would, but I would always do. Yeah, I would always do other stuff because there are definitely some things that I do just like my warm ups that I do just because I enjoy doing those things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just do them while I'm watching Netflix, and I'm not planning on doing corks in my living room. So uh, I would certainly do the the bare minimum if I knew that that would improve, and then I do all the extra fluff stuff that I knew didn't really improve skills. Uh, as well, just because I enjoy not. Yeah, there still. is like a there's a strength training as a hobby. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's definitely definitely a hobby for me, more so in the winter for sure. But, but I like it. Like that's the the mindful mover. Uh, yeah, he mindset, definitely. Yeah, he's the minimum like, effective dose. I yeah, I I do really love that, especially when it comes to things that are simple, like sprinting, and like can you just sprint as hard as you can, and can you see a broad range of benefits just from doing that one yeah because his experiment is sprint as hard as you can um uphill right yeah this is phil chubb uh mindful mover on instagram it's yeah it's it's fine like yeah where there's enough resistance that it's it's really manageable it still stays under a minute or whatever and you basically just sprint he's been sprinting once every 10-ish days but this is the value of like trying hard and i feel like that's something that's that's learned right it's kind of like the grit fitness thing, but I think it's honestly, it's more, it's, it's different it's and mature. better and more mature because the ability to try so hard and, and so long, are we in a Linkin Park song? Anyway. It did, you so, were getting close. <laughs> <laughs> so long. Uh, I talk real fast and I rap a little here, right? <laughs> and now I scream. That's the joke today. There now it's wow. a park song. <laughs> is that ability is something we admire and is really cool. And if you could try so hard at something, and then that's what if like the real measure is it? What is it like work? We thought it was like work, right? As being the measure of of training is like if you can get this much work done in a certain amount of time, your work capacity is is a really important lever or measure. Um, what if just like ability to try hard was really what mattered, like effort. Yeah, effort. If effort your effort and your ability to try hard. Well, what if it could even be consolidated like within a... We all have abilities, because I believe this, we probably... All, everybody's different within one minute or even 20 seconds how hard they can try. And if that hard could be measured, could 20 seconds of trying like exponentially like more, more difficult um, levels of effort and things versus someone... Because that's true, right? You take someone who's a novice or a beginner and you come in and like, you've got... 10 seconds to try hard at parkour versus someone who is like a experienced and accomplished parkour athlete. The amount of output that's going to come from 10 seconds of trying hard, like the level of hard can't be reached by the beginner person. There's no way. They would just sort of like... Yeah. Think, we could test that on the apples to apples. You, just, you take one of those dog shock collars and you put oh, in your palm like that and uh-huh. then you just see who can hold on to it the longest. But that could be a skill too. But I agree. You're right. There is an element that's being tested there which is like trying hard. How hard, are you, how hard are you gonna try? Right, I still I mean, think that's that. cool. I'm so let's thinking about this called Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and that's my skill attribute is try hard. Is try hard, Justin? That's, that's a skill tree that you're gonna trade yes. into. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, I like that. Like it, it just sounds like it's just like you could just like just do one vertical jump, and it takes you. 
two seconds, but your strength training is done for a month. Like, right. I totally do that. That sort of thing. I think there's, I don't think that's the end all, but I think that there is an underappreciated aspect of that approach, assuming you don't injure yourself out, because that's usually what we're trying to stop people from doing, is new people or people who are fatigued from trying so hard, they injure themselves out of whatever it is they're doing. But I think that, you know, if, if you jump fresh in that way, right, if you, you know, you jump there, but just this idea that, that, you know, and I've trained this way before too, because when I was doing some other sprint training, we would do like sets of 15, and that's all we were going to do. We were going to, we were going to try really hard at 15. 15 sprints? Yeah, 15 sprints, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it sucked. That was way too much volume. That was way too much, right? Well, I think, uh, yeah, you're right. In my opinion, yeah, it's too much. After like sprint number six, yeah. you're just jogging. We were following like the New England Patriots like camp training programming or something like that. Oh, my lord. Yeah. It's too much cardio there. Yeah, you're telling me. I'm not. That's why I did it once in like 2012. I'm like not long, doing it again. Yeah. And the Patriots <laughs> also like do a lot more running. Yeah, they're a fast team. Yeah. So anyway, there was that. But then the idea here that's being tested by the mindful mover is just like if you just run once, but you run until you drop like in a fight, right? You go until you just like, you know. <laughs> in just winter, that's pan. just like. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, is that enough cardio for 10 days, right? And that's what he's testing and seeing some, some improvements. But I don't know, for what we do, for, the, for that, something like that might be enough, right? Well, I think, I think a lot of that matters. Like, if, if you're a sprinter, that's not going to do anything for you. Once a week will, will result in probably losses for you, right? Only, only running once a week. Right. Yeah. Right, and if so I think it works for the mindful mover because he doesn't do sprints right. as a part of his his just normal athletic yeah. pursuit. So he's introducing stimulus at a rate that's faster than atrophy can occur. So naturally, you're gonna see improvement. Right, right. That's like I, I, I question I the that. scientific validity of that test. Because it's it's a bit like the novice effect. If I just introduce something new to you, you're going to improve very quickly at it, regardless of what it is, just because it's a new stimulus, right? Mm-hmm. So but I think once it is, you, you, once you to... hit a hit a threshold, it's going to stop becoming effective. So maybe that's maybe that's what he's testing is like what at what threshold does this stop becoming effective? But uh, there could be so you'd have to look at he has like his he's transparent about that, but. Um, there is his entire like uh, channel is very focused on essentially challenging those norms or making these broad and outrageous claims trying to test them and seeing if there's any truth or validity to them and sometimes there is but naturally because we're we're biased and what we in our prior experiences we meet a lot of resistance so there's plenty of people on like the comments that he's going back and forth with with similar um, uh, uh, thoughts about that right but I think I mean, that it's not, it's not, that's just that's a that's a fact. I would do something new. Yeah, somebody sprinting right, who doesn't otherwise sprint and they'll improve the sprint. That's right. So I think he benchmarks prior sprint training when he was doing a lot of volume in contrast to this. Hmm. So that's I think that's one example. But I would think in general, especially with parkour athletes and especially even with our coaches and athletes who train here, we just never run anywhere. And there was always this argument in. Um, CrossFit when I was training when I was training CrossFit there was always this sort of like uh, do we even need if we do Metcon like right if you do a Metcon workout a metabolic conditioning workout and you do um, you know a 12 minute like uh, 
you know, series of exercises and it's done at high intensity, do you even need to run anywhere? Like for health purposes, do you even just to be a healthy human being, do you need to run anywhere? And I would argue that a lot of people who train parkour, or maybe you just do a class a week of parkour and using it more exploratory, um, but are on the scene, like their basic cardiovascular performance, right, is probably subpar. And then what would they need to do? This is a, sprinting is a perfect example. What would they need to do just to make sure they were at like that, you know, okay, you cleared the marker, right? This basic, this mm-hmm. basic benchmark of if I asked you to run from here and there, it wouldn't mean five days of recovery for you and you pass out, you know, 20 seconds into the run, right? Like there's definitely what amount of bare minimum could be met with that. And I think something like a, like a sprint potentially based off what I'm seeing from his results is that, is that every 10 days running try hard up a hill might be all the like sort of effective 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 cardio that you would need if your primary training is you know explosive power park or even speed courses that only go 20 seconds right Mm -hmm. like there's there's something there you probably still have to it's like there's some degree of like movement hygiene that probably exists at that level just like if someone's like no i'm just not going to squat because i'm a dancer and i only do top rock here's a counter to that what about just holding your breath while, or doing dynamic breath holds. Yeah, so, so I, the holding one, your breath and doing air squats may actually be just as effective at inducing cardiovascular response as sprinting uphill, except you don't have to go anywhere. Right. You, if as long as you did that, I think until you try hard, passed out, maybe there would be. Yeah. You're saying just hold your breath and do and do air squats and do air squats. Yeah. So you hold your breath to to what to just to reduce the the oxygen and then well yeah you're 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 turning what would be an anaerobic exercise into an anaerobic one because there's no intake of oxygen right okay and then so you would which just, sprints are anaerobic right, right? It's a high output so I'm just saying that but that's just a, that's, there's that's also a there's a potential counter there that like well if you're looking for your absolute minimum dosage of cardiovascular response you just hold your breath. 100 meter broad jump. Breath hold? <laughs> I think you die at about like 30 meters. But yeah. yeah. So you're saying just hold your breath. It, but that or, or hold your breath in the sprint. Yeah. Would that's be fine good, too. Yeah. Or yeah, why not just hold your breath in the sprint and run? Yeah. But I don't know. That's something to be experimented with. I mean, you just need something measurable to show, to show change over time, benchmarked against another way of training, right? Yeah. To see if it worked. But the bottom line is, like, we, we would already, I think that uh, meeting resistance with this, in theory, like, as, uh, as you respond, we already sort of agree, I think all of us here probably agree that there's some degree of validity with this, with back squats and their variations, right? Yeah. Like, we know we don't need a hundred different variations of squats to get what we would get out of a very amazing back squat or potentially split squat you get yeah 85% of right. what you need from a front squat right and I think that's what this experiment's doing but the question then if the intent was could we just hold our breath and basically do do standing squats until we saw SARS and passed out or whatever would that be an equivalent could you move then from there I don't know I like the theory yeah I like the idea the idea is basically just like what you know, for me, something like this, when it came to like liches or some sort of, uh, so you have to think of like a movement, whether it's a, it's it's a maybe it's a modality in which you're moving, where 
the thing you can do to ensure the greatest amount of success with a little bit of effort is done is very good, right? Like, for example, if there was an exercise, no one would continue to do, I don't know what would be the overhead equivalent of this, if we knew that there was one exercise you could do once every 10 days that would increase your loche potential by 50%, right? You know, something ridiculous like that. Or at least bring or it just, to what? I mean, really just maintain. I feel like that's more... Uh, like maintenance easier, is more important. Yeah, easier concept to handle. Because doing the same thing, expecting it to improve, is obviously not... I don't think anyone's expecting that to work. So, But to keep yourself at a level... Where it's protects Just one exercise, every, as few as possible. That makes sense to me. They're not improving and making gains off something. That seems a little harder. But I know that for a fact that if I just train, you know, strides and precisions and I do no strength work, like no squats, that I move towards the direction of injury. If I just if I just do the movement. I just Yeah, just, yeah well depending on your volume, yeah. I just move yeah, I mean I had when the volume continues to increase on the performance side with no maintenance in there. I do I do feel less strong that bottom of my you know positions are, are weaker and i feel like in general like my recovery is poor but doing squats does make me feel stronger overall and and improves and improves performance it's just what amount of that do we have to do right i think to get that yeah right that's right well i guess we all get to do our individual experiments this winter justin gets to do his longer warm-ups you're gonna travis, dance travis gets to sprint uphill I don't say I was gonna do that. Oh, that no. The sprinting one, I'm gonna try. Well, no, actually, I might try my 100 meter broad jump now. <laughs> it kind of sounds like the breath hold or without the breath hold. We'll try it. We'll tr- I think I can probably get three broad jumps before I have to breathe. No I feel like that one's gonna be tough because there's so much like expansion oh, yeah. and compression in the midline that like you're gonna go. Oh dang it! I breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Especially maybe people- instead of doing the breath holds because you know I don't want you like going apart. Like, passing out in the snow like that and people just like. He worked so hard. <laughs> he worked so hard. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's you time your breathing. So it's like mm. intake on the way down, and then you do your next broad jump, exhale, intake, exhale, intake in the air. I think maybe that, I feel like if I were really being safe, I'd just do a plyo, two broad jumps with breath hold, maybe three, if that felt. So why why that why the broad jump and why even the squat as opposed to just sprinting, just out of curiosity. I think like, why there's, more, there's more try-hard in the broad jump, I feel like. Oh. For less distance. Like, I you gotta. I feel like I have to sprint is, a full 100 like, meter yeah, to get yeah. to really feel a sprint, but you can broad jump or plyo three times in a row, and it's And you're already hefty. fatiguing. Yeah. But it's just going to turn into, like, these, like, these little bunny hops and but, then a crawl. <laughs> a crawl right? and then a slide. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, although, I just, I've done lots of sprinting before. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm doing uh, doing track, and uh, earlier when uh, we were living with Jesse, I did sprints. Mm-hmm. At, uh, but that would be better track, than because so. then you have some. You probably have those numbers still, right? Yeah. So yeah, but are you, you faster? I then? haven't tried broad jumps. Right, but I'm saying that you no, could I've go try faster. this method and measure it against your old numbers, and if it's better than your old numbers, and all you had to do was once, three times a month, run once. Yeah. <laughs> like if that turned out to be the case, why would you definitely want to? You may be the best candidate because. You have the prior numbers. I don't have the prior numbers on mine. Yeah, yeah I'll probably try it. The sprint uphill. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds fun enough to try at least once. <laughs> yeah. So is it... Do we but do I don't it? know if I'm going to get it in winter, so... Oh, dude, there's plenty of days where it's like 60, 70 degrees here. You could wait. Yeah, With a 10-day dress cycle, you can wait. 10 days, days there's bound to be one of them. Yeah. True. 
I almost have to do it barefoot though. I feel like sprinting. Why are you have to make this hunt more painful? Don't add more, sir. Now you're exactly. adding more variables. I need cleats to more go variable. in winter and grass for no, sure. No, you're gonna uphill, go. dude. It's oh, you can't in winter, yeah, it's gonna be wet. It's Colorado. It's gonna stay dry and boring for another. Okay, yeah, I'll find the one south-facing hill. That's ideally, long <laughs> ideally you go back <laughs> to where you're training Ideally, you go back. Well, that's just the Rocky Mountains. You can just start at the bottom of the front range and run straight up and see if you can make it to Aspen. <laughs> no, the, uh, where'd you run before? Oh, I was on a track, CSU. So we had to break onto the CSU track. And but the CSU track is, break on. is no longer open public. The, gate. the CSU one's no longer public. It's public. I can assure you. Dude, Based on the property there. taxes that we pay. That should be. I don't know. I'll go over there with you. I'm I'm like, it's I, public. I, I go on there all the time. I've never been kicked off ever since it became public. Became I'm like, whatever. You're yeah. in my city. This is public. Just if you go in there with a tank top, you'll look athletic and people won't yeah. stop. Dude, just, just put on some green. Just yeah. put green on tank green. top like, with, a number. with a number on it. They'll be like, that boy's way too short to be a drag athlete. Like, I'm <laughs> shot put. <laughs> there you go. You're the shot put or you're yeah. shot put? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get all right. Well, let's let's let's, let's, let's do some tests this week. Yeah. Let's even get some experiments in and, re- and report back. Yeah, for sure. All right, you guys. Yeah. Uh, can I close? Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys. So listen to us on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or find the RSS and put it in your uh, uh, pod, podcast feeder. Uh, see us. See us. Um, see our faces on YouTube and hear our um, pretty voices on the other channels. We will see you next week on the Outrun Show with. Uh, more exciting topics. Wee 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 wee. Wiki wiki wee wee.